much allowance are you giving yourself in your late identified life? In my conversation today, my friend Mark Barden is joining me. Not only are we talking about his art and where his creative process happens and how it happens, we're talking about some things that are really, really important to all of us. What kind of allowances we're giving ourselves, how we embrace and share our enthusiasm. What are our expectations and what do we put on ourselves and how does that impact our physical health? Mark and I really dive into a lot of deep things as well as the power of the negative space. Join us for this amazing conversation and be sure if you haven't yet signed up for the Autistic Art Club, Mark Barden is hosting a webinar this coming Saturday, July 17th, sharing his insights into art, being a professional artist, and sharing your work and so many other amazing things. Make sure you check it out. He'll give you some contact information at the end of this episode. Let's get started. Welcome to the Mind Your Autistic Brain talk show, the talk show for late identified autistics, where each week you will hear the autism journey of another late identified person, including the hardest part, the best part, and insights they share just for you. So you know you are not alone on this journey, my friend. Find your person and community here each week. And don't miss these special editions of Creator Spotlight and Hot Topic with your hostess with the mostest, Social Audie. That's me, Carol Jean. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Mark Barton. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, I'm telling you, this has just been, we met for the first time and that was a day I even shared it, you know, what an impact it had on me last week in the Zoom that I did for burnout. And it was just one of those days where it was just you and that social rest connection, just that 30 minutes or 45 minutes that we did. I just felt so good. It really energized me. You were just that blessing in that day. And it was so wonderful. Oh, it was the same for me. It was so connective and energizing, motivating. Uh, yeah, I felt great for days after that conversation. It's, it was and what I thought was so hilarious is like we were both like got off the Zoom and we were both like immediately emailing each other. <laughs> yep. Like, oh my gosh, that was, that was the same. Thank you so much. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was definitely it was it was definitely just so connective and such a, a wonderful and easy engagement. Uh, really fantastic. Really Talking fantastic. with you so is just it's always here. like water. It just flows. <laughs> yeah. And that's the best. That's the best. Oh, that is always the best. I'm so excited that you're here because you have just so many wonderful insights and just your whole perspective. And just where you live your life from, it's just a beautiful place. And it's one that, that I have found. It's one that I recognize that you have found. As late identified autistics, this is the place we're all trying to get to. And being able to share what it feels like, what it took to get here, and, and sort of how we manage it and, and how we implement it in changing who we're being. Not what we're doing, but who we're being internally yeah. is where that flip comes in. And you have just, you're the embodiment of that, my friend. Oh, th thank you. That's, uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, it's, 
yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a wild space to be in, but it is an incredibly comfortable space to be in. And we had just talked, uh, we had just touched on this a little bit. The idea of finding that space to uh, appreciate oneself, that space to find allowance for oneself to be who we are, and that idea of being uh, through our actions through our acceptance, through our coping and how we deal with energy. Uh, and I think sharing that is so important. It was not that way before my diagnosis. And I didn't have this sort of sense of calm or ease about myself. Uh, so sharing it is certainly just so vital and so important to me. And I think we share that idea and that uh, motivation to try and help and, and give any kind of guidance that we possibly can uh, for sure. And I love the way that you use the word allowance that we give ourselves an allowance in this, Mm -hmm. in this, in our lives and in, and in our existence, you know, sort of, it's so important. Yeah. The, the allowance is so important. It's so important to give ourselves so that we are living the most fulfilling lives that we can, uh, and really connecting to what's important for us in our lives. And it extends so further, so much further into our external world, into our relationships, into how people see us, how much we can appreciate them and how much allowance we give them as well. I think that's one of the one of the big hangups in society is is the level of allowance. Uh, we're sort of indoctrinated to not give ourselves so much allowance, to hold ourselves in a certain space to certain expectations. Uh, so, finding a space where you can feel free or feel comfortable enough to break through that wall and say, "I'm." I'm going to allow myself to feel this way. I'm going to allow myself to be this way today uh, is really fulfilling and kind of gives you some energy to do it again. The next time that you realize, Hey, uh, there are some days when I have to allow myself to do nothing. There are some days when I have to allow myself to do everything I want to do because some days I want to do 40 different things and I will do 40 different things in a day. The next day I'll allow myself to do nothing. Uh, And in the meantime, I try my best to allow myself to be who I am and to express that as authentically as I can. Uh, Because again, it it reaches that level of fulfillment and and comfort with yourself that I think we're all searching for, autistic, non-autistic, whomever we are. I think you touched on something really important And I want to ask you a little bit more about it, because I think just hearing your insight and sort of how you got to that point is just allowing yourself to be who you are. I know for me, especially being late identified, when I started to sort of go through that, you know, unmasking process that everybody's like, you got to unmask, you just got to unmask, you got to be you. And I'm like, okay, well, I can pull off a couple of these. And then you get to this point, you're just like, I don't know who the heck I am. Who am I? Did you go through that too, Mark? Uh, to a point. I think that more of my, I think that a lot of my masking had less to do with trying to seem more 
neurotypical and had more to do with trying to seem less autistic. So trying to obfuscate my autism. So things like my enthusiasm, my energy level, my uh, frantic nature at times, the diverse nature of my thought. Uh, so I think for me, masking took on maybe a different space, but I still absolutely had that experience where coming out of it and realizing, okay, you don't, you don't need to mask anymore. You have, you have an understanding, you have, uh, you know, a word or a name, so to speak, to get information and to identify with, uh, yeah, there were definitely parts of parts of the experience that were, were, who am I? Uh, and it was kind of reconnecting with, for me, reconnecting with childhood was really important. Reconnecting with really early childhood though, because like you, uh, my challenges started pretty early at around six. I was bit in the face by a dog, had very large scars. I had to have multiple reconstructive surgeries. It led to a lot of social awkwardness and alienation. Uh, but that's also when I think a lot of my challenges started to present in much more profound ways. Uh, and even in pictures of me as a kid, you can see the difference between the five and the six-year-old, the smiling five-year-old in the picture who looks like he can't contain himself to the six-year-old who looks like they are just serious all the time. Uh, so for me as an adult being diagnosed, it was reconnecting with that earlier part of childhood where I was enthusiastic, where I was intrinsically who I was because I hadn't learned not to be that way yet. I hadn't learned the judgment, the expectation, the social influence, the indoctrination. None of that had happened yet. So I did a lot of therapy with a wonderful therapist on working on my inner child, identifying my inner child, get to know my inner child, accepting my inner child, nurturing, trying to heal my inner child and working on what that is because it's a consistent process. It's not something that I think we ever really fully are going to be able to do. At the same time, the, the beauty of the inner child and that enthusiasm, the enthusiasm is what I name as the worst mask that I put on was the one that masked my enthusiasm. The most deleterious mask I put on was the mask that, that covered my enthusiasm because it was my enthusiasm for the world, for myself, for people, for experience, for knowledge. Oh, I and think my friend Vicky and I can completely, completely relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting for me because it's something that my, uh, an holistic friend asked me about that. And she said, what do you think is the most deleterious mask that you had to wear? And at first I answered something else and I'm, I'm not sure what it was, uh, but it took me maybe another 10 minutes of critical thought to say, no, no, nobody. It was, it was most certainly the enthusiasm uh, and reconnecting with that as an adult, understanding what it's like to share that with people and the reaction that it has the response, the reflexive response that it gets from people when you actually share your enthusiasm for life is amazing. And it's fulfilling on its own level. It touches on that allowance 
we allow ourselves to be enthusiastic, then suddenly we have a greater reason to appreciate ourselves because we see the, the reflexive reaction in someone else, the response that it has around us. Uh, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I think you embody that beautifully, beautifully. Oh, thank you. Sharing it's, it's your experience. It, it is. And it's, it does go back to that really, really early indoctrination of, and in, in, in indoctrination, this is what we mean, guys, if you're not familiar with this. Indoctrination is from the time you're born, you are a recording device. You are recording and taking in everything that you see, everything that you hear around you. And for about up to about age eight, really, and sometimes it's a little different for each person, you're taking all this in and you're learning the rules of the world for the, from the adults around you, from the people around you. And the indoctrination is the beliefs, the societal beliefs and every other layer of belief that the people in your world that are surrounding you hold. And it is being imparted upon you in from that standpoint, it's not being imparted upon you to hurt you or harm you. It's because that's what they have learned through living life that has kept them safe. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things as a late identified autistic for me and part of the unveiling method is taking the time to go back and really deeply evaluate and question, does that really serve me? Is it true? Is it true is this who for I am? me? Yeah. Is it true for right. me? Does it apply to my life? Because it doesn't always. In some of right. those things that we've been living under the guise that this is how it's supposed to be has been the thing that has hurt us the most because we're not living in alignment. Your internal self is in discord with your exterior world. And when those things are out of alignment, that is truly where the unhappiness, the misery, and the constant struggle, burnout, meltdowns, shutdowns, all of that comes from absolutely that foundation of what do I believe? Who do I believe I am in the world? And how do I operate in the world? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That was beautifully explained, by the way. That was just beautifully explained. But the amount of expectation that we end up putting on ourselves, that ends up being pressure and stress. And stress is something that's not just mental. For me, it's uh, incredibly physical. Oh, I, yes. have, I have stomach issues that relate to stress. So I need to be incredibly mindful of my self-help and my stress levels. The body uh, keeps the score. You got it. Well, you know, the mind is a part of the body. Yeah. Uh, I, so. I, that's what I, I'm telling everybody all the time. It's like, you cannot separate your brain, your autistic neurodistinct brain from your neurodistinct body. They work yep. together. Your body is neurodistinct. It operates differently, just like your brain does. And if yep, you have your body or you're not aware of your body, all of the things throughout your life, I mean, my health was horrific like yours. I, have really, I had really bad stomach challenges. I mean, I miss more days of school and work because of upset stomach and mm -hmm. just all of the physical things that truly were the reflection of everything I was trying to hold in and manage mentally and emotionally. Exactly. Exactly. It's it, your body is manifesting your mental state and these, these expectations that come from, 
not just ex exterior sources. They're, they're, they're based in these exterior sources, but at some point they become internal expectations that we place yes. on ourselves. And ours and are so much more profound yes. and we're so much harder. I mean, Nancy and I are always talking about how mean and hard on ourselves we were for so long. So much harder than we could ever be on any other person. And no Yet one was ever that hard on us. We, we just understand we were. <laughs> how difficult, how much, we understand how hard we are on other people and how hard people are on one another. But really, when you compare it to how people are with themselves, it's profoundly different. And it just becomes, you know, it's, it's that internal dialogue has such power has such resonance. It echoes and it echoes and it echoes throughout everything that you do. And it echoes through your physical space and your physical, uh, you know, these physical manifestations of stress and pressure and not being able to live the life that is most fulfilling or most natural, or that you're even in tune with and connected with, uh, you know, because part of my part of reaching diagnosis for me was certainly feeling a disconnection to my own existence. And well, I think everybody that was listening just went, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, really this, this disconnection to my own existence, this idea that I, I know I don't fit. I, I know that this has never been a, a, a mystery to me. That's not a cipher of my life. I, I know that I don't fit. Why? don't I fit? And why do I feel like I don't fit with myself? Right. Uh, and why does it even matter to me that I fit? Right. That's another part. Why does it matter to me what other people think, whether I fit or not? And it right. shifts back to that internal of when you fit with you, it doesn't matter who you don't fit with because then you're going to attract those you do fit with. Exactly. And, the and you and I attracted each other, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The authenticity speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, when we're, when we're acting and behaving through genuine process and our actual reaction, and we are uh, giving that the respect that it deserves, uh, it's, it's respected from an external source and we find the good people. We find oh, the people, yes. you know, we, we find the people that we want around us who are going to give us those allowances. Oh my and gosh. Can we just pause and cheer for a second, please? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, you just gave me goosebumps. I'm I just, that, yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I saw the most amazing thing one time. It was, it was a demonstration of how our, our energy, our internal energy forces work like on a quantum level, but where you can physically see it. So the speaker is on stage and she says to everyone in the audience, and it was probably a room full of a, maybe about 200 people. Okay. So imagine 200 people. And she says, I want you to think about, and I want you to physically within your mind, project your energy and just think about forcing your energy out towards me and, and as much as you can, like direct all your energy and your focus toward me. When the entire room did that, she physically was pushed backwards. Now, this was the next part, which was super, super cool. 
She said, okay, now I want you to draw your thoughts and your energy, your focus back into yourself. Draw it back in, pull it as hard as you can. And she moved back forward. And you could physically, even watching it on video, you could physically like feel it. Feel it. Yeah. Oh and my this, was what, this was what she was, she was teaching. And it was really interesting. It was Dr. Sue Mortar, and she teaches um, based on this book that she wrote called The Energy Codes. And it's it's really brilliant. I've been diving into it. And it's just, it's an interesting, very interesting thing. But what she was demonstrating was wherever our attention is, you know, and my mentor, Jim Fortin, always talks about this, where your attention is, where your awareness and your focus is, that's where your life is. Mm-hmm. And what Sue was talking about was when you're pushing your energy out and you're like focusing on a person or focusing on a thing and all your energy is going towards it, it's just like exactly what physically happened to her on the stage. You're forcing it away. Yeah. And when you draw things back into yourself and you're in alignment and you're operating from, you know, I'm not just giving my energy away to anything and everything because I think as late identified autistics, part of our whole life is that we've been giving away without realizing it ourselves and our energy and our whole sense of being and where we fit in the world, but mainly how we fit with ourselves. Yes. We are giving that away. We're, We're pushing everything away from us. And we are alone. We are disconnected. We are isolated because that's how we've been operating because we didn't know because our brains perceive things differently. So how we perceived it wasn't the reality of it. Right. And when we get this late identification, it's like, it's this key. It's this, like this linchpin at the top of an arch and it, clicks in and it just resonates all of a sudden everything within you vibrates and it's <sighs> yeah like what do i do with it <laughs> <laughs> what now what's now <laughs> yeah yeah what are having... your thoughts on that uh, what are my thoughts on that um, <laughs> like okay what are your thoughts on that <laughs> <laughs> the, well to touch on the energy that you spoke about and the idea of this, uh, this physical manifestation of the energies and the focus that we place on, on people and on ideas and ideations and, uh, just where our energy goes. That's so important. And it is so visible. It's, it's, it's really almost tangible. Uh, once you, start looking for it. Once you start, you know, trying to tune into it and understand the way the energy is working, the way your energy is working, the way it has worked, because mine, like yours, was being given away. And I, I don't know that I even knew how to get energy from other people or from other things before my diagnosis, not properly. Uh, and when it would happen, it would be great. But now I'm much more in tune with how to do that and how, and, and the idea that yes, it, it comes from the self-acceptance and the focus being on you. What is important to me? How do I want to live? What do I want to show? What do I want to express? What do I want to communicate? Uh, what kind of model do I want to put forward? I think as late life diag- diagnosed autistics, many of us immediately think 
how do I help? How do I not let someone else go through this? I mean, I wasn't diagnosed until 45. I don't want anyone else to go until 45. I don't know how I got to 45. I really don't. Uh, so I don't want anyone else to get there. Uh, the resiliency I, I want, of making it to that point. People, I, the resiliency. I mean, I mean, really, honestly, just everybody stop for just two seconds and just reflect on that. Give yourself some compassion, some acknowledgement and celebrate that if you made it to this point, my friends, yep. you are the strongest, grittiest, most resilient fighter, survivor. Regardless of what age you are too, when you're diagnosed or what age you are now, uh, how long you've had to deal with not knowing and deal with the doubt and the mystery, regardless, like, yeah, you, you, you yeah, wow. Yeah. You're here now. And that's what's important. And that's what is, uh, and that's, what's going to open this all up for you. But like I was saying, I, I don't want it to, I don't want more and more people to, I don't want so many people to have to go through and have to be resilient. I think it's great. And it teaches us strength and how to overcome challenges. And that's wonderful. But I like the beautiful parts of life and I like the easy parts of life and the ones that just give me simple joys and simple comforts and being able to access those so much more freely. That's what I really want for the 25 year old who can get a diagnosis instead of the 45 year old who can get a diagnosis just from having somebody out there who maybe does artwork and then talks about also being autistic. Oh, well, Hey, I saw your painting and I thought it was cool, but then I also saw this other post and you talked about the fact that you were autistic and I started to relate to some things and, you know, looked it up. It's why, you know, sharing is so important. What you do is so important. What, I think so many of us are trying to do in, in just sharing our experience and uh, giving that insight uh, into how to share those energies and tap into those energies, allow ourselves those energies. It all comes back to allowance for me. Like so often it comes to allowance and being like, no, you're allowed to do this and telling other people too, you're allowed to feel emotional reactions to things and to have a, a reflexive response or a, a reflexive reaction before you have a responsive reaction. That's okay. Yeah. And you can look at those two things differently and recognize that they might very well be different in a lot of cases, uh, depending on what's happening. So yeah, it all comes. You so deeply speak to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, do. You, you, you do as well. I hear so much of uh, seemingly my own thought when, when I listen to your podcast and when I hear you speak, the, the zoom meeting that you had on burnout was just like, I, I was just shaking my head. Yes. The whole time, the whole time, just yes, yes. And just writing yes in the chat boxes, like exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, really speaking my language. <laughs> Those were just really fantastic questions that were sent in. I mean, I had, oh gosh, I had two huge cards just full of questions. And, you know, I, I hate that it was like, I was trying to be respectful of everybody's time. So I didn't want to go over an hour because I didn't want to use up anybody's spoons excessively. So I tried to answer as many questions as I could, but I know there were some more, but just being able to 
have discussions like that. And it, you know, that speaks so much to what you were just talking about is that, you know, we get to this point where we get to that other side. We're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that feeling this way, thinking this way, living and just being this way was even possible. Like even my, my ideal, you know, perception of what feeling good and having a great life and just living a wholehearted, fulfilling life was false falls so short to the reality of what I gained. Yes. And I, all I could think was how and why would I ever reach this point with all the things that I did on my own? Because I didn't have access to a therapist easily. I didn't have, you know, resources or anything. I did it all by myself, just messy and scrappy and and mm-hmm. believe me, it was not always pretty. <laughs> and and through Same that, here. you know, how can I help the next person? Because I've gained so much knowledge. And through that knowledge, if I can cut somebody's journey in their process to get to this same, if not better place. I want people to be get even better. I they can I want them to pass me if they can, you know? Yes. And, and if exactly. I can do that. Yeah. And and do it in a way that's just like loving and kind and gentle and patient. And in that moment, let somebody know, because my thing is you don't have to, you don't have to do anything that the person next to you does. You don't have to do anything that you've done before, because that's what you thought you were supposed to do. You don't have to do a damn thing. What you do have to do is to I'm going to use your word because I love it. I think I'm getting ready to adopt this and I'm just going to shout from the rooftop allowance and Mark Barton is the man. (laughs) And in that, he's the human. And in that, just allowing yourself to not be okay some days, allowing yourself to not get it right. Because really what is right? You know? Right. We're taught so much that failure is a sign of weakness but failure is a natural part of existence as well as the only building block we have towards success and it's the only real way we truly learn success is a crummy teacher yeah yeah um but failure for some reason i think the fear of failure is like public enemy number one. It really is just, I think it affects everyone so deeply and to such an extent. uh, And we think of it as a sign of weakness uh, instead of a sign of attempt, a sign of uh, engagement. Bravery. It's bravery. Bravery to do things. And I think Mark to add to that, because it's, it's not just a matter of, Uh, the perception of weakness, it also goes directly to our worthiness. Yes. And if we can't do this or we don't do this, then we are not good enough. And that right there goes to the heart of the shame storm so many of us lived in for decades. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah. And just to get this out there for anyone who's listening, you are allowed to feel the way that you feel and you are allowed to think and be the way that you think and the way that you are. And you are allowed to do that. 
You really are. Nobody tells us this in our lives. Very few of us get that. Where someone actually says that to us. You're allowed to be you. And you're allowed to express that. And you're allowed to find joy in it and appreciation and something greater than just acceptance. You're allowed to embrace it and hold it and nurture it and make sure that it's healthy. Uh, And please do that. Please, no matter who you are, please do that. Find those reasons, find those beauties and those joys and those parts of you that are amazing. And don't concentrate so much on the failures. Those are just the building blocks of who you're going to become and the road that's ahead of you and all the things that you will achieve. Uh, It's where we learn and how we grow and expand. So, yes. And I'm going to add to that. Because that, that is critical. That is crucial. And another component to that is how you feel in the moment, how you are thinking or how you are reacting, responding, receiving. It's not always going to be this way. It will change because you will change. Growth is a continuous process. How you feel and who you are in this exact moment. Number one, the other part of this is you're perfect. You are not flawed. You are not broken. Even with all the messy, all the chaos, all the anything that you feel is less than in any way, I want you to know that you're perfect just as you are in this exact moment. Even if it's not what you hope or anticipate it to be, you are perfect in this moment. And where you are right now isn't where you're going to be in five minutes. It isn't where you're going to be a week or 10 years from now. And the way you feel and think now isn't how you're going to feel and think tomorrow because every time something happens, and it doesn't necessarily meet your expectation, it is the most incredible opportunity to look at something different, to view yourself differently, and to take that awareness and that knowledge from maybe what didn't work the way you thought it was and go, hey, what did I get from it? Sort of like what Mark was just talking about. Look for those good things. What is the thankful? What is the gratitude in this? What did I gain from this? Because just because you didn't get the outcome you were expecting doesn't mean that you didn't gain something really outstanding and amazing that is going to be the thing that totally quantum leaps you to the next growth point in yourself and in your alignment. Yeah, exactly. 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 You're perfect in this moment. You, it's, 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 and, and that moment's going to change. It's going to change and it's going to change. Now is the only time that we live in. It's the only time that actually exists. So, uh, and we're constantly in flux. We learn and we grow, we expand. Hopefully I really, I try to expand myself as much as possible. Hopefully that's what we're doing. If that is what we're doing and we're accepting of the learning process our reactions are going to change and who we are in these moments is going to change as we move forward on our path. Uh, And hopefully it gets better and we get better. We get more tolerant, we get more knowledgeable, but if that's not the way it is, there's still acceptance and there's still a space where you can hold yourself uh, in a, in a kind space and in a positive space. Uh, and that authenticity again, just speaks for itself, I think to the external world. And you really will attract, uh, the right and the good kind of people and the good kind of experiences and opportunities. Uh, certainly when you're 
just living in that now and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm good enough right here. And, and this is, this is good, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So Mark, I have a question for you. I would like to know in your creation process, when you're creating art, when you are taking yourself, because art is a language of communication. It yes. is. It speaks very loudly without ever saying a word. When you're creating, when you're in those moments, and I know it's different. I mean, as an artist, every time I create something, there's a different experience each time. But overall, how is it that you use that to communicate yourself to the world? Hmm. It's always been my chosen form of communication, sort of, I guess, chosen as a, maybe the wrong word. It's always been my natural form of communication since I was very young. I didn't speak until I was about four years old and communication language, uh, at least on a spoken level was not always my most comfortable space to be in. It was challenging in ways, and I think a lot of us can identify with that. It has to do with social difference, uh, not so much an educational problem. In any case, uh, art has always been the language that I feel most comfortable with and I feel most comfortable communicating with. I feel a freedom in that communication. My artwork always starts in a very cerebral place though. It starts in a very mental space and I consider as a part of my intent and apply a lot of thought to what the subject is or to what is going on in my life. And then at that point, when I actually go and anything hits a canvas or I sit down with pictures to animate or a program to create a, a video on, I do my best to let my hands do the work. And I, I do my best to separate mentally and allow sort of just everything to flow. The best work I do, the most communicative work that I make is when it is a purely physical process, when I'm able to take the mental work that I've done and isolate it and somehow make it fluid and then let it flow from my fingertips, either into my phone when I'm doing digital work or onto a canvas or when I'm sewing, whatever it may be. I do a lot of different work in a lot of different mediums but it always seems to be the same for me that when I'm able to separate and I'm able to just find that space where it's almost, it's trance-like in a way uh, for me, I get really pure energy flow and uh, the intent comes really purely out on the canvas. It's also when I do my best portrait work of people, when I am trying to do a portrait of a friend or someone uh, to embody them because I'm an abstract artist. I'm not just drawing their face and trying to get it as, as you know, uh, photorealistic as possible. 
Instead, I'm trying to embody their energy, their effect, their, uh, the, the, what they're pushing forward uh, or what they're taking in uh, to go back in the conversation a little bit. And that's always best when I'm able to give time to that person mentally and really think about them and give them thought and give my relationship with them thought and how they affect me. Uh, and then not forget it, but somehow use it as fuel to just go and just do. So in that way, I think I'm allowing communication to happen that I'm maybe not as consciously a part of as a lot of other artists that I know. Uh, but at the same time, it really works for me and it's very comfortable and I feel very natural in that space. Oh, I would 100% agree that it does work for you. (laughs) You You know, you posted a work yesterday, a piece of work yesterday where you had painted the canvas and then you went back in and you were carving it out. Yeah. And you know, that was, I, I even made a comment on that because it was so, so deep in the sense that, you know, it's, we don't always honor what's called the negative space. We've got, you know, positive space and everybody's focused even in life from our living perspective, we're focused on this, the positive, what stands out, but it's people like you and me and so many others who do look at what's the negative space that's created because it's in that negative space in this subtle details and those subconscious areas that make the strongest and and biggest impact in our world. And I just, I loved that because when I would sculpt, I wouldn't just look at, well, what does this shape look like? I would look at the space and say, what is this? What's the space around this? Right, right. What is the silhouette of the shape? And then what is the silhouette created by the negative space around it? How can we create negative space? And what does that mean when we create negative space? And yes, the connection to the subconscious is exactly what I'm sort of exploring there. Uh, And it's something that I explore in my writing as well, very much. But certainly in this series of paintings where I'm, I'm, I'm referring to it as carving away because I'm covering the entire canvas in paint and pastel and all of the different mediums that I would use. And then choosing to cover and create negative space around details and colors and parts of the canvas that I do want to keep, but really paying attention to what that negative space is. The fact that it's textural, it's not just flat. It has a topography on its own and it has interest on its own and it has a shape on its own. And that negative space is a part, again, just what you said, it exists in our lives. And, and uh, in our everyday occurrences and in event, uh, negative space exists in, in event. And it's, it's not something that we're really taught to tap into. It's not something that's really easy to think, hey, I want to tap into that. It's a pretty metaphysical consideration. Uh, so it's sort of that universal drawing in, oh, well, that space exists too. So I could explore there too. Uh, and that's what's exciting for me about it is that idea that it's not just exploring what I'm putting down, but it's exploring what I'm taking away as well. 
Uh, and in that way, I feel like I'm carving. So that was the fourth piece that I've done like that. Uh, and they're pretty large canvases. They're 30 by 40 inches. Uh, so I get to be really physical with them. And that's something I really like in art when I get to actually move. I paint on the ground most of the time, not on an easel or on the wall. I put the canvas on the ground and beat it. I dance with them. I cry with my paintings almost always. Uh, but I'm a, I, I cry almost every day, um, which I'm very accepting of. And I've given myself a lot, a lot of allowance for. Uh, but that's a big part of my work as well, is having an emotional connection as well as a physical connection to the work. Oh, Mark, that is, that is so beautiful. And that is such a, a gorgeous way to communicate and to express. And I think, you know, right here at the end when you're talking about crying, I think that's something like I really struggled with that for a long time because I thought crying meant I was weak. And if I cried, that meant I was losing control of myself. And, you right. know, through this process of unveiling in the last eight years, I've come to a completely different understanding of what that means for me. Yeah. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm angry. I cry when I'm overwhelmed. It is simply my physical expression of emotion. And I had assigned this one, these few negative things that it meant. And so I didn't allow myself to do that. So I, of course, was holding it in. And then my body was saying, I can't hold it. So I'm going to make your stomach sick. And it's yep. when you start to do that, I love that, that you do that in such a wonderful way. Yeah, I, I uh, talk very openly about that. And I think it's really important because I think every single person I've spoken to at this point has had the same reaction where they say, you know, I, I, they, they either say, I wish I could do that. And I wish I could just cry when I want to, because I have this expectation or, you know what, I, I cry now too, because I've, I've recognized that the expectation surrounding that is really detrimental and so unnatural. What that, that indoctrination is so physically unnatural and like just antithetical to the way that our our bodies work <laughs> like yes. literally as, as living things. Like emphasis <laughs> of living wholehearted. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I think, I think having these honest emotional reactions, allowing ourselves to do that, allowing ourselves to cry. And like you, I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm excited. I'm so much, I, I used to not be able to speak when I would cry. Now I can, if depending on what the emotional motivation is behind my crying, I can still talk through it now. Uh, if I am happy, because I no longer have that stigma attached to it, where it's a sign of weakness, instead, it's just a sign of my humanity. So what's more beautiful than that? Like, hey, I'm a living biological thing. And I'm here for a certain amount of time. Uh, you know, appreciate me, appreciate you appreciate everything. That's that's doing that, you know, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so true. And that is such, such wise counsel, my friend, such wise <laughs> counsel. So Mark, I'm really excited. We have a mutual friend and my good friend, Zoe McCormick, who is the founder of the Autistic Art Club. She was on the last episode. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, definitely go listen. There are some amazing little nuggets and insights that Zoe shares in that. And it's she shares about Thank you. And she shares what the Autistic Art Club is. So if you're not a part of it yet and 
you do not have to be an artist. You do not have to have been any formal training of any kind. This is just show up and just sort of embrace your inner creator. And I am really excited because Mark is going to be giving a webinar presentation to the Autistic Art Club coming up on July 17th. And that is going to be at 7 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, which is 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Mark, would you share with us a little bit about what you'll be talking about in that Zoom presentation? Sure. Uh, so it's, uh, it's entitled Autistic and Artistic. Uh, and it's covering paths to uh, a successful life as an artist. So for me, that has to do with both internal and external spaces. So I'm going to speak to both of those in terms of perspective and in terms of approach. Uh, I'm going to go through a lot of the more sort of fine details of the art world, gallery spaces, print media, online media, uh, how to uh, showcase our work, to get it in these spaces, where to look for them. Certainly how to create opportunity is gonna be a huge thrust of what I'm gonna talk about. So most of the different subjects that I'm gonna go through as I go through chronologically are all gonna touch on how to create an opportunity there. And how to do that as an artist is really, I think, the greatest sort of skill we can build and uh, foster in, in our careers. Uh, and then also, I'm going to talk about expectation versus fulfillment, which is a really important part of the talk as well, in terms of success as an artist and how we can look at our own work and be able to assess it against other people's without necessarily comparing it to other people's. Uh, so finding our spaces and finding where our work uh, sings and has its greatest voice uh, and how to do that. So I'm going to touch on a lot and I really try to make the, uh, the, the webinar really kind of round and touch on as many different parts of the experience as possible being an artist, but keep it built around the idea that what we do as artists is really valid. Our work is valid because we are valid. So it's just about finding the spaces to share that, to find the success that we're looking for, whether that is monetarily based, whether it's based in notoriety and exposure, or whether it's based in connection uh, or appreciation. So uh, I think it's gonna be a great talk and I'm really excited there's gonna be some question and answer afterward. So I'm hoping that people come with some good questions. I'm sure that I can't think of everything uh, right off the bat. So I'm really, really excited for it. I am uh, really excited for it. And I awesome. love how you are incorporating because really as artists, there's so much internal work that has to go into that because our art is a reflection of us, of who we are. And when you put who you are out into the world to be examined and viewed and even judged by others, because everybody has this internal judge, it requires a great deal of resiliency, self-awareness, compassion for yourself. 
mm-hmm. and really being able to just let go of what anybody else says and and not define who you are by the response someone else gives you to your work. You know, in art school, when we would go through critiques for a project, oh man, that was just like the most trauma-inducing experience for me because I didn't know. And I took everything so personally. Right. And it wasn't, you know, even with the way it was structured being, you know, this is to help you improve. This is to help you stretch and grow. At the time, that's not where it was coming from. For me internally, it was, I'm not good enough. This is not even valid. You know, I put my heart on this and so people have judged it and therefore my heart isn't valid. And that's such a very, I think, universal and common experience for so many of us. Yes, for so many artists in general. So I actually have a full part of my talk is going to be on critique and how to, how to take these, these judgments that other people share with us or these ideas of our work or how people have interpreted our expression, which is, that's really what we're dealing with there. We're dealing with how someone has interpreted how we've chosen to communicate. So that's so intrinsically personal, right? It's, 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 It's just going to affect us on a certain level. I'm going to speak on that though. And I have a great, I have a great, very specific example that I will use that I feel has a lot of power uh, because it's a critique that was not good that I got. And uh, it's the, and, and it's the best critique I've ever gotten. It is the most valuable as I've moved forward from that critique the most valuable critique I've gotten, but only because of my perspective, only because of the way that I chose to take it. Right. So I'm definitely going to speak on that. It was an immediate, huge consideration for me because critique, even on a social media level, and even when you're not an artist, even when you're just presenting a picture of yourself or you're thinking about how your hairstyle looks today, you know, Um, these are things that I think we need to, maybe give ourselves more allowance to take in a different way and to appropriate differently internally. Right. Um, yeah. So I'll definitely speak on that at the art club on, on the 17th. Oh, I am so excited. I am looking forward to it. I was just, I have been patiently waiting because you know, when we talked, you had mentioned that you were working on it and I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait. So I've been waiting for like two months. Oh, awesome. I've been working. I've been working for like two months. So I I know you have a lot of energy and I've, I really want this to be as comprehensive and helpful as possible. So I'm really trying to touch on as many spaces as possible while keeping it consistent and looking after flow, things like that. Oh, that's great. I'm really excited for it. And I hope that everyone who's listening, if you are, if you're an artist, if you're just a hobby artist, if you're just dabbling on it because you love to doodle, but you feel like this is really a part of your expression and your development and awareness of who you are in the world, come come join us. Come join the Autistic Art Club and join us on July 17th to hear Mark's presentation because I'm going to guarantee you, if you have gotten to this part of the talk show and you have taken in the, the incredible insights and things that Mark has shared to this point, you're going to get like 10 times that when you go to the 
to the Zoom. You're going to get 10 times that in the webinar with him. I guarantee it. You, you, will, you, will be over, you will be over the moon being able to take some things away that he's really going to speak to your heart. He really will. Mark speaks to my heart all the time, not just in his art, but just in who he is. And I apologize. I am like the absolute worst when it comes to pronouns. And I know you like they, them. And please forgive me if I have not oh, them properly. <laughs> no, it's no, it's okay. Any pronoun is fine. I don't mind anyone. So they, them, oh. he, him, she, her, it doesn't, it's, it's really, it's up in the air and whatever comes out, comes out. I don't mind. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> okay. I, well, I, I want you to know that I am, I do acknowledge that I am aware of it and I do try. I have oh, it's grew okay. up with, with the, grammar monsters so it's really so we've got to have room for one another you know what i mean we've got to have room especially in that conversation i like to have as much room as possible because there is so much that we're working through and so many you know these changes that we know are good and we know are healthy at the same time they're changes they take time you know we're human so it's there's no need to apologize at all. Well, I just want you to know, I acknowledge you as a person, as who you are and all your beautiful facets and all of the amazing things that you do, but mainly oh. who you're being, who you're I, being resonates. Oh, so beautifully in the world. And the ripple effect that you have for all that you touch is just life changing. Oh. You haven't connected with Mark Barton please go do so right now. Please, please, please. If you have listened to this and he is your person, go, go connect. That is the whole point of this talk show is to introduce you to your people, to introduce you to your person. That maybe that one person that you really vibe and connect with. And you're just like, oh my God, I finally feel seen and heard because this person gets me. If that's Mark, go connect. Yes. Come connect, please. Please, even if I don't seem like your person and I may seem like somebody that you might want to talk to, come connect. Absolutely. I'm so open to it. Well, Mark, share with everybody real quick before we go where they can find you, how they can connect to you. Okay. So I have a website that is mbarden.com. You can find my contact information there. There's an email there, which is just mark at mbarden.com. You can email me. I respond to emails. You can also DM me or get in touch with me on Instagram at mbardenart. Uh, so I'm on there as well. And again, I'm just, I'm really open to communication and any space that I can offer help, advice, uh, an ear, uh, just to listen. I'm there and that's what I'm here for. So uh, this has just been so fantastic. I have to thank you, Carol Jean, for not just having me on the show and making it so comfortable and uh, just inviting, but for having the show itself and for putting this out there, for highlighting so many autistic voices, highlighting your own and giving yourself that allowance and that appreciation. It is beautiful and inspiring to a point that I share it with other people. And I tell them how inspiring it is and that it continues to inspire me to be a, a, a better and bigger person that I am. So thank you so much for having me here. Oh my goodness. You made me cry with pure joy. And That's I allow okay. myself to do it. <laughs>
<laughs> That's okay. Oh, this has been wonderful. Thank you for being here, Mark. Guys, go connect. Go sign up for the webinar coming up on July 17th. Make sure you check out that incredible space that Zoe McCormick has created called the Autistic Art Club. Make sure you go check out M. Barton Art and make sure that you're finding your people, you're connecting because we're here. We're here for you. We're here with you. And we want to share what we've learned and we want you to share with us. This is not a one-way conversation because conversations, if it's not, if it's not duality and it's not both people and it's not reciprocity, it's not a conversation. It's just being talked at. We don't talk at people, do we, Mark? (laughs) No, we're here. We're here to listen. For sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Tune in next week for another episode of Mind Your Autistic Brain. I've got a fantastic, fantastic guest coming up and you won't want to miss her. See you guys soon. If you are someone who likes to help people and share what has made a difference in your life, please share this talk show with a friend and on your social media accounts so that you can be the blessing in another late identified autistic's life. Be sure to tag me at Social Audi so I can personally say thank you. And to help keep the talk show ad-free, please consider becoming a one-time or recurring supporter through either Buy Me a Coffee or the Anchor Podcast links in the show notes below. I truly appreciate your support. Thank you for being a listener and thank you for adding your voice to our story.